in this vast forest filled with snares and dangers, I have smashed and cast from my heart so many traps as you have granted me to do, God of my salvation. Yet when I venture to say, with so many things of this kind flitting about us every day, when can I venture to say that nothing of this kind draws my attention or sparks my empty concern? It is true that the grand arenas no longer beguile me, nor do I seek to read the movements of the stars, nor did my mind ever seek answers from the dead. I detest all sacrilegious rites. Uh, Lord my God, to whom I owe pure and humble service, by what machinations and suggestions did the devil prevail upon me to beg for some sign from you? Hmm. Suggestions from the devil did prevail upon me to beg for some sign from you. I'm reading, continuing to read in the, uh, the tenth book, book ten of Confessions of St. Augustine, with straight out words from the master, from the master St. Augustine, that is. But I beseech you by our king, by our pure and pious country, Jerusalem, that as any consenting to the devil's prompts is far from me, so may it stay further and further away from me. I would like, I would like that. I'm asking that the devil's prompts is far from me, and so may it stay further and further away from me. Yeah, I ask that the devil's prompts, uh, that's like a, that's like a notification on your phone. It's the devil's prompt. Anything that appears on the phone, technically, is in the physical world. Is technically from the devil. Like if you get an alert and distraction meditation, or you get a call or an email or a text message or. A or anything like that of the physical world. The devil's prompts is far from me, so may it stay further and further away from me. If I just read this over and over again, stay farther, stay farther, stay farther away from me. But when I pray to you for the salvation of another, my aim and intention is very different. And you grant me, and will grant me, to follow you willingly, as you do with me that you will. As you do with me what you will. All right. You can grant me to follow you willingly, as you do with me what you will. So he could grant that I not follow him. I could use psychology and God and say, Grant that I don't follow you. 
maybe he'll, with reverse psychology, on God himself, he may grant that I follow him. You grant me and will grant me to follow you willingly as you do with me what you will. So, he can have me either podcast this or not podcast it. Or follow him or not follow him. That's probably true. Depending on how many the prompts come from the devil. Or how much uh, grace I get in meditation. It's sort of the bottom line. If you don't get much, then you'll probably follow the devil. The devil's prompts anyway, so... It's all dependent on grace. Well, we could have a theological argument, and you could go to go to uh, back to Harvard and and back to Colonial America, and with Anne Hutchinson, and you can have an argument over whether it's God's grace or your own efforts or by your own by following ethics. Can I just follow the rules and receive salvation? Or do I need grace? I don't know. I probably have to fall on the grace side. I don't know. To become good, you probably need grace to become good. <laughs> but I thought if you become good, you could get grace. Or I thought being good was the thing to do. Well, is that why your podcast and behavior are so bad in this podcast? Because you think you can just get out of it by grace or by confession. <laughs> by confessing, I'm getting out of trouble. That's why I'm doing reading this book. Why don't you accept the fact that you need advice from the saints of the past and read St. Augustine? 35.57, and yet you can count the trivial and the contemptible things that draw our curiosity every day and how often we give way to them. Hmm, trivial things, and yet you can count the trivial and contemptible things that draws our curiosity every day and how often we give way to them. Am I giving way... Uh, day after day, to trivial and contemptible things and letting my attention go down the drain and not optimizing my meditation time. Hmm. That could be from the devil's prompts. I'm getting prompted to get involved with trivial and contemptible things. Hmm. Hmm. Is that sort of like just watching TV or sitting like a, a couch potato and watching TV? <laughs> Is that like drawing my curiosity every day as often we give way to them? We tolerate inane stories so as not to hurt those with simpler minds. Seems I'm tolerating inane stories so as not to hurt those with simpler minds. That's pretty arrogant, though, to say that I have a profound, wise mind and other people's minds are simple minds and their stories are inane stories. That's very egotistical and 
that's not good at all. Whoa. Am I as simple? So you could say other people are very wise, and I'm extremely simple and stupid. And my life is an inane story. So you could flip it around and say that they're wise and I'm stupid. We tolerate inane stories so as not to hurt those with simpler minds. But little by little we start taking an interest in these stories. I might no longer go to the circus to watch a dog chasing a rabbit, but if I happen to come upon such a chase in the fields, it will seize my attention, distracting me from even the weightiest thoughts. Not that I would turn my horse and stop, but my heart will be drawn to the spectacle. Yeah, I'm easily distracted by a spectacle. And I go and take lots of photos. That's why I have over a million photographs. Because I, it's all part of my heavy amount of sin. I was taking photo photographs. Uh, when my friend at uh, my job said to, to, that I should learn how to delete. And that, that I take a number of photos and maybe find a few good ones and delete the rest. Like, maybe if you do, you, uh, if you sorted them before you saved them and saved some good ones. So if you take a hundred and save two good ones. <laughs> my heart will be drawn to the spectacle of all these photographs. And if you do not show me my weakness, swiftly admonishing me either to relinquish the side and rise towards you by some some other thought, or to scorn the sight and move on. Should I be scorning the sights that I'm seeing and move on? Should I scorn New York City and move on? <laughs> to what? The woods? <laughs> the Adirondacks? Or, or Vermont? Or... Um, or... Or where? God should appear and tell me. Scorn the sight and move on. I will linger there and start foolishly. Well, it's very clear that he's foolish. And how is it that when I'm sitting idly at home, like I'm currently doing now, podcasting, uh, how is it that I am sitting idly at home, podcasting, my attention is often drawn to a lizard catching flies or a spider ensnaring them as they fly into their webs. <laughs> is my curiosity any different simply because these creatures are small? Um, from them I move on to praise you, the wonderful creator and orderer of all things. But that is not what first draws my attention. It is one thing if we are quick to rise again after we have fallen, and another to fall in the first place. My life is filled with such thing, with things such as these, and my one hope is your wondrous and great mercy. <sighs> yeah, I would would hope for mercy, I guess. I mean, how can you get enough mercy until I've 
traversed all the spiritual planes and reached Sachkan and gone to Agamalak and uh, Gosha and uh, Anamilak. That's not to mention Sachkan. We'll need a lot of mercy because it's clear that he's a barbarian. For when my heart's become the receptacle of such things that are filled with a copious host of inanity, inanities, our prayers, too, are often interrupted. Seems my prayers and meditations are often interrupted. Our prayers and meditation, too, are often interrupted and thrown into confusion. That's a problem. I should live alone, I guess, in solitude. I keep saying I'm going to go to the Tibetan temple for meditation, but it just seems like strange to go midday. You don't necessarily meditate at midday. Meditation is typically done early morning and evening, <laughs> following the natural order of nature to do a sunrise and sunset. And <coughs> our prayers too are often interrupted and thrown into confusion, and while in your sight we direct the voice of our heart to your ears. This momentous deed is interrupted by frivolous thoughts that come per pouring in from all sides. <coughs> I suppose so. You could be meditating for 45 years and be interrupted by frivolous thoughts that come pouring in from all sides. Wow. I wonder if those professional-grade uh, Tibetan monks who have 50,000 hours of meditation completed. I wonder if they're ever, I should ask them maybe, if they're interrupted by frivolous thoughts that come pouring in from all sides. They probably have a, a degree of control, I guess. I would imagine they develop some mental skills, that, uh, mindfulness. They may be, have, they probably still get the frivolous thoughts. Uh, I don't think you know, can get rid of them, but hmm. they're probably better off though if you know, learn to deal with them with mindfulness. Uh -huh. Hmm. Like Buddha would have taught. Well, are you interrupting this podcast with frivolous thoughts about your own meditation problems? Yes, I guess. Huh. Yeah, I recognize the fact that my meditations are interrupted by frivolous thoughts that come pouring in from all sides. Uh-oh. Well, if you live, they say if like uh, the Master says, if you live in a calm situation and your household and the way you live and your home and who you live with is all a calm environment, where you're never exposed to anger, never, never, then uh, you can make progress in meditation. Uh -huh. Hmm. Yeah, but you do need that basis, I think. Uh -huh.
This is an interesting section. Read it again. It is one thing if we are quick to rise again after we have fallen, and another not to fall in the first place. My life is filled with things such as these, and my one hope is your wondrous and great mercy. For for when our hearts become the receptacles of such things, are filled with copious host of inanities, our prayers too are often interrupted and thrown into confusion, and while in your sight we direct the voice of our heart to your ears. This momentous, momentous deed is interrupted by frivolous thoughts that come pouring in from all sides. Oh. If you say that your meditations are interrupted by frivolous thoughts, it'll be embarrassing to the the devil and to the mind that they'll stop. It will actually stop interrupting you when you <laughs> say that it is. <laughs> I've embarrassed the mind by saying it's interrupting me. <laughs> so now it's going to interrupt me. Now my frivolous thoughts are going to be interrupted by meditation. See, what happened is uh, one time I was, was having frivolous thoughts and my, they were interrupted by Simran. So you can do the opposite, I guess. Instead of having your Simran, Simran or Zikr interrupted by frivolous thoughts, you can have your frivolous thoughts interrupted by Simran. God. Hmm. Yeah, so that's what we're talking about, is meditation. They say doing Simran throughout the day while you're playing tennis might help your meditation, uh, which it does. Mm. Mm. Talking about zikr, if you're a, if a Muslim, okay? What's the difference if I say mindfulness, Simran, or zikr? Who cares what religion you are? This is a universalist podcast. Get used to it. Thirty-six point. I'm gonna break and come back, maybe. My universalism, universality, universal. Hmm. Hmm. He confessed to the fact that I didn't go to church, and I didn't continue working cleaning the house past like four or five hours. I stopped, and I didn't play tennis. But I can not have to play. Uh, I'm required to play every day if it's cold out. So, who said I have to play tennis? Uh-huh. These temptations cost us every day, Lord. We're at 37.60 of the Book 5, 10 of Augustine. Augustine. Yeah. You can hear that's the church. That's where the church has ended up since Augustine. That's what church is now. And they cost us with respite, respite. Our daily furnace is the tongue of men. You can hear the tongue. You hear that tongue? 
Proverbs 27:21 as silver is tried in the fining pot and gold in the furnace so a man is tied tried by the mouth of him that praiseth hmm okay the daily furnace is the tongue of man okay i'm being tested by the people the tongue of men all the time the daily furnace is the tongue of men what they say in this way to you and join us to be countenant give what you command and command what you will you know the cries of my heart and the streams that flow from my eyes for i cannot surmise how far i am cleansed from this plague and i greatly fear my secret sins that your eyes know but mine do not well okay so he knows the sins who can understand sins from my secret ones cleanse me o lord psalms 1813 hmm. when it comes to the other kinds of temptations i am able to examine myself but when it comes to this temptation barely at all for i can see how far i have progressed in restraining my mind from the pleasures of the flesh and idle curiosity when i do not without these temptations either by choice or because they are unattainable then i wonder if it is more disturbing or less disturbing not to have them men strive for wealth so that it may serve one of these three concupiscences concupiscences or two of them or all three if the mind cannot discern if it despises wealth once it owns it it can renounce it in order to examine itself but in turning our backs on all praise to ascertain our capabilities must we not live a bad life one that is so greatly dissipated that all who know us would detest us but what greater madness if praise is the apt companion of a virtuous life and good deeds we should not forego praise any more than forego the virtuous life itself but unless a thing is absent i cannot ascertain if i would be troubled or untroubled in forfeiting it hmm. 3761 what am i to confess to you lord for this kind of temptation what can i confess if not that i am to delighted by praise <laughs> am i still delighted by praise am i delighted by a like am i delighted if somebody likes this podcast but even more delighted by truth itself i know what i would choose if i had to choose between being irrational and wrong in everything but praised by all men or being constant and unwavering in truth but disparaged by all but i would not want another's words of favor to increase my joy over something good within me yet i admit that it does not increase it it does i admit that it does increase it and not only that but words of disparagement diminish it but when such mercy vexes me i fall back on the excuse that i might be uncertain but that you god knows well you 
you have commanded us not only to countenance, that is, from which things hold back our love, but also would have also commanded us to do justice, that is, commanded us where to bestow it. You have willed us to love not you alone, but our neighbor too. Okay. Often when I am delighted by praise from a discerning man, I see myself as delighted by my neighbor's promise of adeptness, or am saddened by his failings when I hear him upbraid what he does not understand and what is good, or what is good for. I am also sometimes saddened at praise that is leveled at me. Either when qualities I dislike are praised in me, or when a good qualities that is minor and slight is esteemed more than it should be. But, again, how can I know if I am responding in this way because I do not want the person who is praising me to hold a view of myself that differs from my own? Not because I am being moved by thinking of his benefit, but because the same good qualities that I like in myself, I like even more when they are liked by another person as well. Uh-huh. See, I want the people to like me for what I think is my good qualities, <laughs> instead of just what they want to think. <laughs> it is as if I am not praised when my opinion of myself is not praised, or qualities are praised that I dislike. Our qualities are praised more than I like less. Is it that when it comes to this, I am uncertain of myself? Yeah, see, I'm claiming that I'm very nice. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm very good and very nice. Uh-huh. So you should admit, you should be saying that I'm very nice. Uh-huh. So, I don't like it. I don't like it. Me no gusta. You have to say that I'm very likable and I'm very nice. Uh-huh. And I always say, me gusta. I say that I do like it. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm always trying to be positive. And so I'm claiming that you should have an opinion that I'm positive. So uh, if you're not positive, Positively saying that I'm positive, then I'm uh, disturbed by it. So, uh, but they could say you're not positive because you're so positive, huh? and it's a fake positive that you are a big fat liar. <laughs> Twenty thirty-seven sixty-two. In you, O truth, I see that I must not be moved by for my own benefit when I am praised, but for the benefit of my neighbor. But I do not know if this is so with me, for in this I know less of myself than I know of you. I beseech you, my God, reveal me to myself as well, so that I may confess to my brethren who pray for me what I discover within me to be damaged. All right, then you could pray for me what in me is damaged. Let me examine myself again more closely. If in my praise I am moved by the good of my neighbor, why am I less moved? If someone else is unjustly blamed than if I am blamed myself, (sighs) I'm less moved. Why am I more sharply stung by an insult leveled at me than one leveled at another in my presence? Though both insults be just as unfair. 
Is this something that I do not know either, or is it simply that I am deceiving myself and do not acknowledge the truth in my heart and tongue before you, God? Send this madness far from me, so that my words do not turn into the oil of the wicked for me and anoint my head. Yeah, this guy talked about anointment, being anointed. Anoint my head. I like you. I like you, me gusta. <laughs> so, I am poor and needy, but I am better when I am aggrieved at myself with secret laments and seek your mercy until my failing is mended and again and am again restored to the peace that knows not the eye of the proud. Let's see. But I, I am poor and needy, but I do have a very powerful and advanced guru, well, as in Santarshan Singh, who is a poet. So I could become a poet by meditating upon my own guru, become my guru. <laughs> then I wouldn't be poor and needy. Though I could be physically a poor and needy, but I have an agreeable girlfriend who's cooking at the moment. Provided. Hmm. Hmm. I am poor and needy, but I am better when I am aggrieved at myself with secret laments. Uh -huh and seek your mercy until my failing is mended and am again restored to the peace that knows not the eye of the proud. If I could restore peace in the household, I guess. Huh. Restore peace. And, hmm. Even though I, I, instead of shoveling snow and plowing snow, I should be plowing snow. Because on February 1st, it snowed in New York. should be plowing snow, but instead I'm plowing ahead in this book, The Confessions of St. Augustine. But the words that issue from our mouths and our deeds, of which men hear, bring with them a most perilous temptation, the love of praise that strives to gather approbation and applause in order to assure want a certain superiority. See, I'm trying to get somebody to listen to this podcast. So, and I'm trying to promote a certain, a sense of a certain superiority that I'm like better than people shoveling snow. So, that I'm plowing ahead in a book instead of shoveling snow. So, I have a love of praise, <laughs> and I'm trying to confess to it, uh, in effect, by in a way of trying to promote it and, and confess it to it at the same time. Uh, this love of praise tempts me, even when I reprove it in myself simply, in that I am reproving it. For all too often the contempt of glorying in something leads to even greater glorying. See, that's what happened with me. 
my contempt of my own podcasting has led to me lead to even greater glorying in my podcasting ridiculously. This love of praise tempts me even when I reprove it in myself simply in that I am reproving it. For all too often the contempt of glorying in something leads to even greater glorying. One is not truly contemptuous of glorying in vain glory. For one does not disdain something when one glories in it. I really can't overcome all this vainglory stuff without a lot of meditation. <laughs> you can't really overcome the mind without listening to the music of the spares. <laughs> so, I really need to meditate to tame the... Sort of in the same way that uh, Krishna played the flute to tame the dragons. <laughs> My mind is like a dragon, but if I listen to the sound of the flute that Krishna, in effect, is playing. <laughs> you mean it's Krishna that's playing the music of the spheres? Well, symbolically, yes. Uh, the Christ power is playing music. Of the word of God is just floating down through the air, floating down like the snow. It's falling. The strains of music of the flute are just floating through the air. But later I will go out and shovel snow to overcome. Maybe I should help somebody else shovel their snow. <laughs> Because I have, uh, I have ultra professional grade winter clothing, with my boots are above to forty below, and I have my ski pants, and uh, I even have my cross country skis ready to go. So you have pride of preparation. <laughs> I'm sick of having so much pride of everything and vain glorious. But that's why I'm reading this, the love of praise of myself. I think that I have, even though I have contempt for my glorying, I, it just leads to more, greater glorying in it. <laughs> that's the problem. Uh, I am poor, even though I am poor and needy, that's, you would think you wouldn't be uh, pride when you're you're already been ruined financially. I am poor and needy, but I am better when I am aggrieved by myself with secret laments and seek your mercy until my failing is needed, mended, and again restored to the peace that I knows not the eye of the proud. But the words that issue from our mouths and our deeds of which men here bring with them a most perilous temptation, the love of praise that strives to gather approbation and applause in order to assure one of a certain superiority. Oh, my podcasts are definitely superior to other podcasters. Far superior. This love of praise tempts me even when I reprove it in myself, simply in that I am reproving it. For all too often the contempt of glorying in something leads to even greater glorying. One is not truly contemptuous of glorying in vainglory, for one does not disdain something when one glories in it.
No, there's just no hope of me stopping to van- be vainglorious podcasting. There's no, I'm not going to stop. It's just going to get worse. Yeah? Thirty-nine point six four. I have pride of uh, numerical accuracy. Uh-huh. Also, so people can follow along in the book very accurately. That's why I give my references because uh-huh. I'm trying to trying to project an image of uh, extreme scholasticness and academicness and accuracy and pride of. Pride of erudition. <laughs> I would be far superior to Harold Bloom and all those other scholars. Far superior. Uh-huh. In my vainglorying. <laughs> what? Oh yeah, I like. Uh, I like, uh, well, there's nothing reason to be vainglorious about your vegetables. Just eat them and shut up. Okay. I like them. Me gusta. I like having ensalada. But do, uh, porque you, you know ensalada in oficina? It's muy bueno. Muy bueno para ti. No, o sea. You don't know, eat your veggies. You don't eat your veggies. <laughs> Jack would like, Jack would like you in this chair. <laughs> Jack would let me gusta. He would like it. Ah, huh? uh, within, deep within, lies another evil that springs from the same kind of temptation in which those who are pleased with themselves flounder. Oh, wow. He's talking directly about me. Uh-huh. Hmm. Why is it that you flounder all so much when you're supposed to have been an advanced dis- in- disciple? Mm-hmm. Hmm. You're supposed to have advanced on the spiritual path by now. Hmm. Hmm. Within, deep within, lies another evil that springs from the same kind of temptation in which those who are pleased with themselves flounder. Hmm. Yeah, well, I played the podcast to Mike, and he said, it's important to love yourself first before you can love somebody else. So, why can't I love myself? Even the Master says you should love yourself by tape doing the right thing for yourself by not eating junk food and meditating and being healthy and exercising. How could you love somebody else when you're not even healthy? Who are pleased with themselves, flounder? Well, I still could flounder. (laughs) Others might not like them, might dislike them. Others might not like them might dislike them, but they do not aim to please others. Hmm. But in pleasing themselves, they very much displease you, not only taking pleasure in things that are not good as if they were good, but taking pleasure in what you bestow as if it were their own. 
Ah, Coco. Me, me guardo, me guardas un poco a mí. Me guardo. Me, me guardo. Bueno, pero, voy a, pero voy a ser más alta. Mm. Me guardo. Mm. Tú me guardas por, por la tarde un poco a mí. Un poco for you? Oh, for, for tarde? Para mí. Oh, some, this is part, part, save some part of you, guarda, para ti. Un poco, un poco. Un poco, salada. Un poquito. For, para, for you, para ti, para Olga. Okay, pero, I mean, me comprende, I comprende. I save, a guarda, I'll save some for you. So, rather than thinking that it's all for me, all my own, uh, instead of claim, taking it all as my own, as all spirituality, as my own, uh, as saying like the master loves me the most and not the others. <laughs> this is very technical section here. Others might not like them. Within, deep within, lies another evil that springs from the same kind of temptation in which those who are pleased with themselves flounder. So, I am pleased with myself and I am floundering and others might not like me, like them, might dislike me, them, but they do not aim to please others. I do yeah. not aim, I do not aim to please others. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ya le eché más, más harta. ¿Más alto? Más harta. más, that's muy más. Por eso, más. Yeah, some has para ti. Para los dos. Para dos, para ti, some of it's for you. So, <clears throat> she's aiming to please others, but I'm not, because I'm floundering. They do not aim to please others, but in pleasing themselves, they very much displease you. So I've been displeasing God, uh, though I'm pleasing myself. Uh, but in pleasing themselves, they very much displease you, not only taking pleasure in things that are not good, as if they were good, but taking pleasure in what you bestow as if it were their own. Like I've taken control and seized that of God's, and I've taken it as my own. Uh, Like I tried to take over the astral and causal plane as just being mine. <laughs> and even if they acknowledge it as yours, they act as if they have received it through their own merits. Or if they acknowledge having received it from your grace, then they do not receive it, rejoicing that their fellows receive it too. So I've just been rejoicing that I received it. And I'm not rejoicing so that other fellows receive it too, but envy it in others. In all these and similar perils and toils, you see the trembling of my heart. I do inflict wounds upon myself, but you are quick to heal them. Well, whatever my hidden evils that's, you know, that are within me and spring from this kind of temptation... They're deep within you. I hopefully he could be quick to heal it. So you're trying to get quickly healed. Huh? I'm tempted to get myself quickly healed mm -hmm. by 
reading about tempta- the deep temptations hidden within. Deep within, deep within lies another evil that needs to be healed quickly. Hmm. Well, yeah, probably. Some people would say that I'm pleased with myself and floundering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I need to get it healed quickly. Uh, hmm. Uh, so. Hmm. Hmm. That's the purpose of this reading. 40.65 Where, O truth, have you not walked with me, teaching me what to avoid and what to strive for when I turn to you and sought your counsel on the things I could see here below? With my outward senses, I examined the world as best I could and appraised the life of that my body has from me as well as my senses. From there, I entered the recesses of my memory, the winding depths wondrously filled with uncountable wealth. I beheld and stood aghast, and was unable to distinguish any of these things without you, nor finding any of them to be you. I was not their discoverer, though I had gone through them all, striving to distinguish and value everything according to its rank, perceiving some things through the report of my senses, and studying them, sensing that other things were mixed with myself distinguishing the messengers and counting them, and in the vast reaches of my memory, scrutinizing some things, storing others, bringing forth still others. Yeah, I need to do some mental processing myself before I, my memory gets worse than it is now. <laughs> That's why you're doing this before you get too old. That's why you should progress spiritually. While you're in your 60s and not wait till your 70s. Uh, okay. <laughs> but it was not my myself who did this. In other words, it was not my power that did it. Nor was it you, for you are the abiding light that I counseled in all these things. Whether these things are what they are or what their value is. What, dear? It's very nice. Uh, she does, she does very good work, so. Hmm. Well, it's very cute, that, <laughs> your robe, a good robe is a nice thing. I should buy you a new robe, so. Uh, a good woman deserves good things, according to the Buddhist teachings of uh, Sunya. Sunya, Sunya, something. What's that Buddhism in Japan where they teach how to deal with women? Huh? The Zen, Zen, in Zen teachings uh, for, for the married, uh, they, they have guidelines on how to. Well, the women are also supposed to. Uh, they, uh, it's pretty sexist. They have to be pretty subservient, but the men are supposed to treat them very well and buy them good pots and, and a new robe. <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're still well treated though in uh, sunyasin Buddhism. I heard you teach and command me. I often meditate upon these things, for it delights me. And whenever I can free myself from necessary duties, I find refuge in this pleasure. 
nor in all these things that run through my mind, consulting you, can I find a safe place for my soul that is in you, in whom all that is scattered in me gathers, nothing of me receding from you. And sometimes you guide me to a most rare inner state. Sometimes. Yeah, only sometimes, but he should very frequently. Hmm. Sometimes you, capital U, guide me to a most rare inner state, to some strange sweetness that, were it perfected in me, would not be of this world. And sometimes you guide me to a most rare inner state, to some strange sweetness that, were it perfected in me, would not be of this world. End of story. That's the end of the book. But I sink back again through my wretched burdens, swallowed up by my own, my former ways, and am held there weeping bitterly, but I am held fast. So formidable is the burden of habit. We're talking about the current issues, uh, the current fad in neuroscience and psychology about habits and how the Master talks about it. it only takes 21 days to develop a good habit. The habit of meditation. If you do meditate 21 days in a row, you might develop the habit of meditation. So formidable is the burden of habit. That is bad habit. So here I can prevail, but do not want to. There I want to prevail, but cannot. In both cases, I am wretched. So the conclusion is that I am wretched, even though... Uh, and, and I'm floundering in this podcast. So the only solution is for me to read more. <laughs>